0: Welcome to the Clovercrest Baptist Church podcast. For more information about Clovercrest Baptist Church, go to clovercrest.com.au. Well, great to be together today. I want to start by asking a question. Have you ever received a really generous gift? Like something that you remember, it was a really generous gift. It made an impact and a mark on you. Well, earlier this year, it was about July, we finally got to go up to Port Douglas, a holiday we had been planning for and saving and, you know, COVID delayed quite a bit. We finally got there, the five of us, and that was such a gift to have this time in Port Douglas to travel up north and be warm. Ah, oh, those were the good old days. To feel hot, to go up to the Daintree, to snorkel the Great Barrier Reef. These are once-in-a-lifetime experiences that we got to do as a family, an absolute gift. But the really generous gift was actually on the way home. Now, we were flying home, and any of you that fly, know that sometimes, you know, where you sit means the flight is more or less comfortable. Now, our three kids were in a row somewhere down the back of the plane. They were fine on their own. And the two of us, Mike and I, were sitting together. Mike hates the middle seat in the plane because you're stuck, cramped between two people. Usually you're next to someone you don't know. There's not much legroom. But the aisle seat, you know, you can stretch out. You can kind of make a bit more space. And so just by default, our married life, when we travel, Mike sits in the aisle. He's a little bit taller than me. He needs a little bit more legroom. And I sit in the middle. That's what's always happened. Anyway, this one time, we're coming home from Port Douglas. We walk up to our seat. And Mike says, hey babe, would you like the aisle seat? Oh my goodness, that is love, people. That is love. That was the most generous gift. Now, the seat in itself, it's nothing fancy, but it was the heart behind it. It was that Mike was saying, I love you enough to give you my favourite spot, and I'm going to get squashed in there because I love you. It's not about the amount. Generosity is not about the amount. It's about the attitude and action. And that's what I experienced in that crazy, generous gift of a seat on a plane. But generosity, it's not about amount, it's about attitude and action. And that's where we come today in our series, looking at what does it look like to live generous lives. We're looking at the heart behind generosity. What does it mean to have a, a selfless and sincere heart and to give in such a sacrificial way? And so to do that, I want to look at a little passage today found in Luke 21. If you want to grab your phones or open your Bibles and read along with me, it'll be on the screens as well. But It's just a small passage, but there's a lot we can learn from what Jesus speaks into. So Luke 21, as Jesus looked up, he saw the rich putting their gifts into the temple treasury. He also saw a poor widow put in two very small copper coins. Truly I tell you, he said, this poor widow has put in more than all the others. All these people gave their gifts out of their wealth, but she out of her poverty put in all she had to live on. You see, offerings were made into God's temple. That was part of the culture and the process of worshipping him. People would come and bring their free will, free gifts to the temple. And there was one of 13 trumpet-shaped receptacles, pretty much fancy giving boxes, that the people would come and give their free will offerings to worship God in that way. And we see here this widow, she's given two small copper coins. Now, I did some reading and each coin would have been worth five minutes labour at minimum wage. Like, it's hardly anything. One one one-hundredth of a denarius. This gives us a bit of an idea of how little she had when she gave that amount, the poverty she was experiencing. And to understand a little bit more about her story, to get the culture of what it was like to be a widow in the day, the reality was in that time and that era, if you were a widow, if your husband had passed, without a man to care and provide for you, there was real risks of being vulnerable and being isolated and being on the margins, because what would happen is that the man would provide, and without that, those in authority would then take over the care of the widow's finances. And sadly, some of those in authority would abuse their position of power and take a cut for themselves from what the widow had. And so we find this woman in a culture where she would have been vulnerable she would have been marginalised. All she had was these two little coins. It gives us a picture of just the extreme poverty that she would have been living in. And when we grasp her reality, we see how huge her gift was, how huge it was, the heart behind the gift, the, the sacrifice that she made, because generosity, it's not about amount, it's about attitude and action. Now, let me go back a few verses in this um, part where Jesus is speaking so that we can actually see a contrast to what else he talks about. Just before this passage, we read in Luke 20, as warning against the teachers of the law. You can read along with me. It says, While all the people were listening, Jesus said to his disciples, Beware of the teachers of the law. They like to walk around in flowing robes, love to be greeted with respect in the marketplaces and have the most important seats in the synagogues and the places of honour at banquets. They devour widows' houses and for a show make lengthy prayers. These men will be punished most severely. See, Jesus is suggesting the teachers of the law they were all about appearance They were strutting around in their robes, kind of measuring their value and worth with how long their robes were. They were taking the places of honour, whether it be in a place of worship or a place of eating. They were kind of looking for flattering greetings, want to be told how good they are. And they were abusing their position of power, taking from the widows, as I mentioned earlier. This is the posture that Jesus is warning against. He says quite clearly, they will be punished. Jesus is not interested in this appearance and bravado and looking good. He actually cares about the heart. Anything that these teachers of the law would have given would have really appeared like a fake generosity. Just this fake generosity. It's such a contrast, isn't it? Jesus speaks about the teachers of the law and then speaks about this widow. Because true generosity, it's not about appearance. It's not about looking good, playing the part, having a front. It's not about being noticed. It's not about an event or a moment in time. True generosity, it's an attitude. It's something that changes us internally. It's a posture. It is who we become, not an event or a job to do. True generosity, it's a posture, not an appearance. It's not a task, it's not even just giving to one event of Pong. Although that is awesome, heartfelt generosity becomes a way of life, not just a moment in time. It's not about appearance. Because appearances, they can be deceiving or misleading. Think about it. Appearances can actually be quite deceiving. On Friday, a bunch of us from the team here and the staff went to the, the GLS, the Global Leadership Summit, some great teaching on leadership. And one of the communicators actually put up three pictures and asked us to guess some things about these people. The first one was a lady in her 60s, an African-American woman, and she asked us to kind of guess what kind of career do you think this woman had. And people were saying things like, teacher, nurse, she looked really kind and like she'd serve people. Then she went on to the next photo. It was a gentleman, an Asian gentleman in his 50s, People were asking, you know, what do you think he would do? And things like, oh, maybe an IT or maybe an engineer. He looked quite intelligent, looked like he would be, you know, a responsible human being. And then the third one was a, a Caucasian man in his 70s. What do we think he would do? Things like, oh, he's a nice, friendly retiree. Maybe he used to, he looked like he was someone who'd served in the armed services or, you know, a police officer. But the general gist was these three people looked like kind, nice humans. And then she said to us, the one thing they all have in common, they're on the FBI's most wanted list. And we're like, yeah, right. Did not see that coming. (laughs) Appearances can be deceiving. Appearances can be misleading. It's not about the appearance. It's about the heart. Jesus talks about this widow and he also talks about the rich givers. See, the appearance of the rich givers, it probably looked really good. was probably super impressive. I'm guessing they gave a fair bit for Jesus to call them rich givers. They looked rich with how they presented, what they were doing, what they were giving. It looked good. But I wonder if their gift even made the slightest dent in their life, if there was any actual sacrifice or they were giving out of such excess that they didn't even notice. The opposite, the appearance of this woman, two copper coins looked really quite pathetic. Nothing. Five minutes' wage? The appearance is deceiving, but what it meant was so significant. You know, in all reality, those two copper coins, if she hadn't given the temple, probably wouldn't have noticed, let's be honest. But it wasn't about the temple. It was about her heart. It was about her participation in the things of God, her contribution, her worship, her love and her generosity to her Lord. Not about the coins, but about her heart. See, human measurement is not God's measurement. In the commentaries, box says, God does not see things as we do. He does not count, he weighs. I love that phrase. He does not count, he weighs. Now, God doesn't count the amount, but he weighs the sacrifice. He looks at the heart, he looks at what it means for us to give and love and bless that's what God's interested in because the risk that he speaks to really around both the rich givers and the teachers of the law the risk in looking good is falling to the sense of pride that is the risk that these people face is that if they're worried about image and appearance they can end up with such a a heart full of pride And just the same, we too, if we are all concerned about appearance and looking good and doing the right thing in the moment and how we come across, we too can end up with a heart full of pride. You know, today it's a whole lot less about wearing robes. Praise the Lord, I didn't want to wear a robe. But there's still a trap to want to present ourselves well, to want to look good, to want to give the best impression, I wonder how much time do we spend crafting our image? How much time do we spend worrying about what people see and think of us and looking good and saying the right thing and giving the right thing, doing the right thing? How much time do we spend on our social media platform crafting an image of ourselves we want others to see? I wonder if we did a bit of an order in time how much time do we spend making us look good? And how much time do we spend cultivating a heart of the things of God? Because that is what Jesus is speaking about. It's not about appearance, it's about heart. And that's a real challenge for us today in a different way. But I want to ask that question again. How much time are we spending on our appearance, on how people see us, on cultivating our image versus how much time are we spending on cultivating a heart? that beats after the things of God. That's what he longs for us to know and experience. Generosity is a heart shift, an internal transformation. It's not about appearance. It becomes who we are. And Dallas Willard speaks about the sermon on the mount that Jesus shared that we can find in Matthew 6 and he talks about the fact that it's not a gospel of sin management. It's not about managing things, looking good, tidying ourselves up so we have a better appearance. It's not a gospel of sin management. It's all about Jesus teaching us the good life of a heart that's chasing after the things of him, following him and his kingdom's way. We see in Matthew 6, Jesus teaches about the heart. He says, give to those in need, but do so unseen. Not about appearance. He says, to pray to God and to fast, but do so in private. It's not about appearance. He says, don't store up riches on earth. It's not about the stuff and looking good. It's about the heart. Jesus wants to transform our hearts. You know, that in itself is enough reason to do this, to want to grow a generous heart because our Lord says so. That's enough reason. But as I sat in this, I was reminded that Another reason to capture our heart is that when we have a heart that's transformed, that's when we look different. That's when we represent our King well. That's when the world is going to notice that there is another way, that there's something else. That's when we capture that heart that people are going to experience the kingdom of God here, in and through us. They're going to know King Jesus and they're going to get their lives changed too. It makes so much sense to me to live a life with a generous heart. The widow's heart was so generous. She wasn't about looking good or impressing, but it was all about who she was, a generous heart. I want you to take a minute to think about your heart. In fact, actually, feel your pulse for me. See if you're still alive, beating, particularly those that played Pong all night. Is your heart still beating over there, you guys? I hope so. Online, I hope your heart's beating. You can feel your pulse. Ba-boom. Boom! 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 I hope. The reality is, our heart keeps going. It keeps going. It keeps going. It doesn't matter where we are, where we go, what we're wearing, who we're with, what we're doing. We don't put it on and take it off. Our heart is this constant beat. And that's the picture I have when I think about the widow, her generosity transformed her heart. So it wasn't something she necessarily put on or took off. It was who she was. For us, when we have a heart that beats after the things of Jesus, it's constant. It goes with us everywhere we go. It doesn't change or sometimes is there for an event and we take it off. But when our heart beats a generous heart like our King Jesus, it becomes the beat with which we live our lives. So what does it look like to live a life of everyday generosity with a heartbeat that we know everywhere we walk, everything we do, we beat after the things of Jesus? Picture your world starting now when you leave this place. What does it look like to have a generous heart? How can you make that difference in the lives of people that know Jesus and those that don't yet know him? What does it look like to serve behind the scenes, to give and not seek acknowledgement? What does it look like maybe even just to give up the park you really wanted, you know, or to let someone go before you in the queue? What does it look like to pay for someone else for something and not expect anything in return, to, to see something around the house that needs to be done and do it without being asked? What does it look like to give generously, to notice someone and give generously of your time so you listen and don't talk? What does it look like to give someone a smile, to acknowledge, to care? Pastor Anne is showing us and leading the way what it looks like to care generously for those that have additional needs. What does it look like, church, for every one of us to have a heart that beats after the things of God? A heartbeat, a generous heartbeat in the everyday. Generosity, it's not about amount, it's about attitude and action. And as I read this story about the widow, I found myself really just sitting in it wondering how I would have responded, wondering would I have given my two copper coins away? I don't know. I found myself thinking, what was it that motivated her to have such an incredible heart? How could she give so courageously? How could she live like that? And I want to suggest that a right perspective results in a generous posture. That it's when we have a right perspective, then we have a generous posture. When our perspective is such that we can live in that way, our heart can be generous ongoing. You see, we need a perspective that it's worth it and that God's got it. A perspective that it's worth it and a perspective that God has got it. You now we see she she would have had a perspective that it's worth it. To give her final two coins, the commentaries say all she had to live on that day, to give that to the temple, to worshiping God, she she must have thought it was worth it. She must have thought that worshiping King Jesus, giving to him, to his temple, to honor him was truly worth it, worth valuing him above all else to give so courageously and sacrificially, she must have thought it was worth it. I wonder, what do we think is worth it? What would we give our last two coins to? What do we think is really worth our time, our effort, our money, our heart to beat after? Because we see with her, she obviously thought it was worth it. We need a perspective that God's worth it and then a perspective that God's got it. You know, if we're going to give all we have, time, money, effort, energy, all of it into something, we need to know someone's got us, yeah? You think about it. If I was standing on the edge of a bridge about to do a bungee jump, I would want to know that that bungee cord has got me. (laughs) I would want to know that it is the right length so there's nothing going to go wrong when I go down. I want to know that everything is right and that cord has got me. Just the same, if we're going to live lives of worship where we launch all in with all we have for King Jesus, we need to know he's got us. We need a heart that knows He is for us and he has more than enough. He has an abundance that he's got us and so we can dare and give big into his kingdom. I believe the widow trusted that God would provide all she needed. I said earlier that widows were often on the poor and the marginalised and and were really lacking. But the interesting thing in the culture of the day, there was also structures set up to support the widows. If someone became a widow, it was the family's responsibility to provide for them and ensure they had everything they needed. And if there was no family to do that, it was the church's responsibility to do just that. And so we kind of have this tension with the widow that on one hand she could have been abused by those in power and really been lacking or she could have actually been set up really well by family and church to provide for. I don't know her story. I don't know exactly where she sits in that tension but what I see is a woman that trusts that God will provide. Whether that be through protecting from those that could abuse in power, whether that be through family or the church, I don't know her circumstances but I see a heart that says I can trust that God has got it. I don't know your circumstances, you don't really know all of mine. But what I think that God wants us to step towards is a heart that trusts he's got it. A heart that beats after the things of him and Jesus speaks about this again in Matthew 6. He says Matthew 6:33, "But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well." He's teaching a perspective that God's worth it. Seek his kingdom first, that's number one. And he's teaching a perspective that God's got it and he'll give you all you need. He will provide. A generous heart comes from a perspective that it's worth it and God's got it. I wonder what's our perspective today. What's our perspective today? Do we have a perspective? Is our heart bursting with the truth that God is so worth it? That he's the king, that he's our Lord, that he is everything. Would we give him our all our lives, everything we have? Do we value him that much that he's king? And do we have a perspective that he's got it? Do we trust him with everything? Or are we still sensing this... I've got to control this and I've got to protect that. And what about that? I wonder, are we prepared to go all in for him? He's got it. I can trust him. He's the safest hands to be in. How big is our perspective of God today? Because we need a really big perspective of God if we're going to give big. How big is our perspective of God today? And when Mike started our series around looking how we live generously, he spoke about that our God is a generous Father, that He created, that He redeems, that He restores, that He provides all we need. Not all we want, but all we need. Our God has all we need. I want to finish today by reading a, a verse from 2 Corinthians that Paul shares, which again reminds us, God has got it. He's got all we need. 2 Corinthians 9, 8 says, And God is able to bless you abundantly, so that in all things at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. And you know, I love how Paul, he wants to really get our attention and remind us it's all, all, all. He just keeps going with this, this sense that there is nothing outside of God's control. No matter who you are, no matter where you find yourself today, there is nothing outside of God's control. Nothing outside of God's control. And I love how Paul reminds us that. Let's read that again. It says in 2 Corinthians 9 8, And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all you need, you will abound in every good work. God's got it all. Absolutely all. All that we need doesn't matter our circumstances. doesn't matter how we find ourselves today, whether we can relate to the widow or relate to the rich givers or somewhere in between. What Jesus would ask is that we give him our whole heart, a generous heart and say, God, give me a bigger heart. I want to follow the things of you and I want to live a life of generosity, looking day in, day out to give out of the abundance that God has given us. Let's pray. Church, why don't we?